It's up to game plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what rules are we playing today? Who knows? Whatever. Whatever. Well, this works with cover three every time I've ever run it. Yeah, well, this time there's an extra guy. And welcome back, everybody. Happy one year anniversary to when the world stopped. It was one year today that we got the Shams bomb um, from that Rudy Gobert had tested positive. And that was the beginning of the end for the sports world in general and maybe the world in general. So uh, happy one year. Everybody's reminiscing on where they were at that point in their life. I was in Florida in a Wawa's um, getting a sandwich. Um, I was at the one of the epicenters of the pandemic in the States. So that was great. Went out to Clearwater Beach the next day. So uh, thanks for that, my, uh, my prof. But uh, boys, where were you when everything went down? And do you remember it? I was at the golf course pouting because Tom Brady just announced he would not be returning to the Patriots. I thought things could not be any worse. This was going to be the low point of my life and year. Everyone was talking coronavirus, pandemic nonsense. And I thought, you know what, my day-to-day is probably not going to change. You're just going to play nine every afternoon. And I'm happy to announce that since then, things have only gone worse. So here we are. Well, first and foremost, I would like to say Hi to the listener. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to see you. And unlike these two uh, non-sports fans, I was watching sports when I found out the news about Rudy Gobert. I was watching basketball in our old apartment, uh, had the window open, nice cool breeze was wafting in, and little did I know it would be my last semblance of hope for the past 365 days. Also one of the last basketball games that you would watch. It. Oh, yeah, <laughs> shut up. I watched way too many basketball games this past year. I'm honest, I've watched more basketball games than Ernie Johnson. To, to be fair, I was actually covering sports and I was at probably one of the last organized sporting events that had fans in North America in a spring training game in uh, Florida. So uh, just want to just want to one up well, the sleeping guy since he always chirps me for not watching sports. But uh, well, if we're going to make it a competition, I was playing a sport. So yeah, that's, I that's true. So it looks like you're eating a play. sandwich. Your last you can't just play. be eating a sandwich. Then all of a sudden you're at the ballpark in like 10 seconds. The next- right? So I'm. I'm I'm seeing some fake news from Toronto. Maybe they had a Wawa's at the ballpark. The next day I went to a string training game. So I was actually just braving the pandemic without a mask. So, uh, well, what kind of guy? (laughs) Anti-mask. Anti-mask in Florida. What kind of guy would go to a baseball game and order a sandwich, not a hot dog either? Like, come on, beast. Like, you got to. You got to play the game. You get some. The story's getting all twisted. The story's getting all Listen. twisted here. I'm not wasn't at the ball game. I was at a Wawa's when the Rudy Gobert, and then I went. But so you were feeling unwell, <laughs> coughing in public without a mask, eating a sandwich in Florida, and then you just flew back to Toronto, and then to Calgary, and then back to Toronto, and then back to Calgary, and then out to the coast. And yeah, yeah, all right, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm COVID spreader number one, but we are a mask podcast. Wear your mask, people. Uh, don't. <laughs> Don't be anti-mask. Don't be anti-vax. We don't want to see any of that. Um, and we also, um, uh, one more thing. We're disavowing the royal family. Yeah, nice. Okay, nice. Yeah, what we're, did they team, do? we're team Meghan Markle. We're disavowing them due to colonialism. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's our little introduction. I got to warn the listeners. It may be a little distracted podcast because there is a hundred sports going on right now. The beauty man is watching Michigan State, Maryland. I am watching Oklahoma State, West Virginia. And the sleeping guy is turning into a Europa League match between his beloved Man United and AC Milan. So if you see, hear some shouts during the podcast, don't be alarmed. It's just uh, one of our bets going up in flames. Um, but anyways, boys, let's get right into it. And we got some big NFL news. Big NFL news. Dak gets paid. And I'll go to the sleeping guy first because... He's always been a Dak guy. He's kind of a closet Cowboys fan. Uh, sleeping guy, good move from Jerry Jones in Jerry World? I got some winners, and I got some losers for the big Dak contract. Number one, biggest winner, Dak Prescott. Getting paid and taking the sleeping guy out 
for maybe some lunch in Texas at some point because the guy now has 70 million reasons to stay off the weed. The other big winner, Jerry Jones, not part of the royal family, not a racist, signing an African-American quarterback to lead America's team to their next championship. As a Closet Cowboys fan, I've been exposed at it. I'm all over the stack news. Guy was lights out in the first six weeks of the regular season last year before he broke his leg. He was arguably probably the second or third best quarterback in the NFC after my guy, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. TB12, he did have a slow start to the season, so we'll put him at number four. No disrespect to the GOAT. I do really love it for the Cowboys. I think he's the best quarterback coming out of that draft class. I mean, you've seen Wentz get traded. You've seen Goff get traded with first-round picks for an older quarterback. And now Dak is getting paid, and he might actually lead the Cowboys back to their first NFC Championship game since 1994. I believe it was 27 years ago. I got some losers, though. Number one, ESPN. It is, they've been talking about the same thing for two years. What is Stephen A. going to do? How is he going to yell at Max Kellerman? I'm not sure. Those are going to be some big problems. Second loser, Adam Schefter, because I outscooped him. I told him that Jerry Jones was signing Dak Prescott to a long-term contract years and years and years ago. So, Schefter, you're done. It's all about me, breaking news, NFL Insider. And honestly, biggest winner, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. Because we all saw what happened when the Red Rifle was throwing little pocket passes out there last season, leading them to, what, a 6-10 and 10 record? Dak's got a cannon. He can move. And I know the beauty man wants to say it. He could scramble on third and 12 and get a touchdown against the Seahawks in a playoff to put the sleeping guy to the sword. So I love the move. I would have paid him a little bit more just to be nice. Sat on the franchise tag for two years. What do you think, beauty man? I think the true winner in this outcome is me because I didn't want to listen to anyone talk about Dak's contract anymore. You know, we got the IPTV down here in the cave. I get get up. I get first take for three hours every morning. And for half that time, we're talking about Dak and his contract. So Pour one out because it's finished. And frankly, that's the only positive outcome out of all this because I don't understand what they paid him all that money for. That one third down conversion he made in that one playoff game that he won. Congratulations, Cowboys fans. No one's won a Super Bowl with a top five paid quarterback since the 90s. So good job. You're going to keep on keeping on. I'm happy to see you finish nine and seven and maybe make the playoffs this season. It's a non-story. It's a non-story. All right. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think the biggest winner here is Dak because, like, he gets – he's getting Patrick Mahomes' money, basically, and then he only he's only on four years, like, only on a four-year deal. So, like, when he gets to be a free agent again, who says the QB market isn't way up again and he, and he gets way more than Mahomes? So, I mean, I honestly – is it not the best contract in NFL history just because it's so short and so much money, especially with it all being guaranteed? Well, what are Cowboys fans like excited about this or are they burning their jerseys? Because you're paying Ezekiel Elliott way too fucking much. And then you doubled down and gave Dak way too fucking much. So what's the rest of the team going to look like? I don't understand. Like that offensive line that was the best offensive line in the league has been dismantled. Who's going to block for this guys that are making all this money for the next two years? And their and defense their is terrible. Right their defense is exactly. terrible. The Cowboys defense hasn't been good in like 10 years. Honestly, though, ever since like Sean Lee kept getting all those concussions and couldn't stay on the field, they've been absolutely brutal. But Jerry Jones doesn't need to win football games. What he needs to do is print money. And how do you print money? With Dak Prescott at the head of the franchise as the quarterback. He's marketable. He's mostly likable. He's actually pretty good. So I'm all over it. And he's going to make some good sound bites. I mean, Jerry, Jerry's just trying to keep that seat warm till his grandson's ready to come in and play quarterback for the Cowboys in a few years, all right? Or maybe Arch Manning. I'm not sure. But that four-year deal is quite nice, you know? You get free in a few years. Maybe you do the Tom Brady route, take the towns down to South Beach, get going with a better team. You just got to get the bag, though. I mean, even if it's for the Cowboys, someone tries to hand me $70 million guaranteed dollars. I'm going to ask where to sign two times and if i can get that in writing a lot so shout out to dak get your bag yeah i mean shout out to dak he did the right thing it's we'll 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 see if the cowboys can compete in that garbage nfc east next year i, I still don't know what that division is going to look like uh the cowboys they gotta they gotta be the favorite to win the <laughs> nfc east no nick <laughs> <laughs> to win the division? No. Okay, you're going to sign a quarterback for way too much money. You're still paying the running back way too much money. 
I don't know what the rest of the roster looks like. And lest we forget, the football team won the division without a quarterback last year. Okay, so if they can find a body to put under center for 16 games this year, the kid showed me something in the wild card round last year. Heineken. I'd stake my money on the football team. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, Washington would be a playoff team if they just had a warm body behind center. Like well, someone just get someone warm and put it back there. Well, I know Ron Rivera said they weren't planning. They're they're no rush to find their guys. So I don't know what the hell that means, but I mean, could be huge. I picked up Taylor Heineken in Dynasty. So come on, Heineke, let's go. Um, anyways, let's. Hey, yeah, you might start over golf for you. Yeah, shut up, shut up. Um, anyways, are you benching golf in your fantasy life too? Well, I mean, unless he starts lighting it up with the Lions and Anthony Lynn, but I can't see that. Um, Anyways, let's move on. Let's oh, sleeping guy, Russell Wilson update. How we feeling? You know, I think about it all the time. Um, the Cowboys are off the list. So that only leaves the Bears, the Raiders, and what was the other team we wanted to go to? I don't care. He's staying. He's staying in Seattle. He's staying as my favorite player. And we, if anything, we're getting rid of Sierra. All right, she can go. She can go to Chicago. Do your own thing. Go to Vegas. Whatever but just leave me rust from the dates of August 1st to February 8th. That's all I ask. Did when I tagged you in that tweet of Russell Wilson talking about Chicago, did that scare you at all? No, I don't get fooled by the internet. I check my dates. I, I do a lot of invoices these days. So I'm always, I'm always checking the date first and foremost to make sure I'm in the right period of the week. All right, damn. All right. I'll try again sometime there, but let's move on to the NBA and the all-star festivities um did you boys tune in did you like the one day event with the ha- slam dunk show at halftime how how are we feeling about that or did you do we do we want it back to being the two two night event i certainly enjoyed everything impact in into one evening you know we got the skills competition going early and it was um i mean i probably would have liked to see maybe some talent like Luca and CP3 warm up because Vucevic and Sabonis were ready to go in the skills competition and the, the guards certainly were not. The three-point contest was fire. And if we're being completely honest, I thought I actually missed the dunk competition because I wasn't paying attention at halftime. And the three guys that were in it weren't moving the needle either. So I had no intentions of watching it to begin with. But in a COVID year, just to get it done, the one night was cool. I could I understand the whole weekend event, but this was fun. I enjoyed getting everybody in the building for an extended evening of, of basketball. Um, I mean, it was fine for a pandemic. I like it better when All-Star Weekend is on my birthday weekend every year and I can force all of my friends to watch All-Star Saturday night with me. That's usually one of my favorite things to do. I really missed the Rising Stars Challenge. Definitely missed having the Rising Stars Challenge with some of the All-Stars coaching the young boys up there. Carl Anthony Towns just out to get his own stats and the Young Stars Challenge. That's always one of my favorite events. I miss the celebrity game. I love a good celebrity game. Seeing Kevin Hart or the Beebs out here, that, that is one thing that I really enjoy. But, but as we talked about it on the podcast last week, I must have missed that part because I only listen to myself when I listen to the podcast. The three-point shootout, better than the dunk contest. That's official. I mean, the three-point shot, that's a new home run. The chicks dig it. Especially Dame Dollar finishing the All-Star game from the logo. How cool was that? I I loved it. I'm all over it. I think, and I think the scoring they do now in the All-Star game is great. Keeps it much more entertaining. I mean, I guess it was tough <laughs> this year just because of the whole uh, blowout of it. And Dame, and Dame and Steph were on another level. And then Giannis just not missing, right? Like he hit, th- he had a couple crazy threes and then the rest were just dunks. So, I mean... I mean, it would have been, It wasn't as good as last year just because it wasn't close. But I, I do like the the scoring, how they do it. And every quarter is kind of a new game. So that's kind of fun. But, um, but yeah, I mean, All-Star Game, I mean, eh, it's never it's never never my favorite thing just because it just is kind of boring to watch the guys just get layups uncontested, right? So, um, but, oh, for fuck's sake. I know, we can still hear you. Keep going. Okay. I mean, and then, and then, yeah, so I, I don't know. Never mind my favorite thing, but sleeping guy, you got a point. Yeah, I got a couple points actually. Uh, number one, the all star game was invented for Zion Williamson and Zion Williamson only. I thought he was excellent. Okay, first things first, 
nothing will show that the sleeping guy missed the first half of the all-star game like that comment right there because yeah, he was exactly. horrible exactly. he was absolutely horrible there's never been a starter have a worse performance in the first five minutes yeah. of an all-star game but, Zion I, Williamson. but I said it was made for I didn't say he looked great the all-star <laughs> game was made for no, number, number two I've got to call somebody out here I, I hope you're all ready because Kevin Durant what the hell were you doing in the draft? You picked your own team in real life two times and it's gone pretty well for you, but you can't even draft an all-star team. Like who the hell was on LeBron's team? Like did Kevin Durant skip a few picks or like trade back in the first couple rounds? It was bullshit. Like, no, like no KD, KD signed with LeBron's team at halftime. It was getting out of hand so bad. Nobody cared. Like Le nobody cared. LeBron didn't want to play to begin with i don't believe that they would have if it wasn't sponsored by hbcu okay they were trying to do a good thing they would have canceled it if anyone else was the title sponsor but they kept it alive how long did lebron play like 15 minutes katie i'm hearing he was healthy enough he wasn't coming back i mean who is really paying attention lebron's out there chirping the jazz in the draft all the while saying he needs some size and he picks the bonus over Gobert. So the whole thing's a joke for stars and, and kind of market towards the youth. But other than that, on to the next. I'm, I'm just happy NBA's back. It remains the best sports all-star game. What? Really? 100%. Well, what, what one's better? What would be better? <laughs> the baseball one, because it decides home field advantage. It's oh the only one God. with something on the line. Not anymore, it doesn't. <laughs> really? Yeah, they got rid Tell of us how much baseball also games you've been watching. Well, I'll, I'll, I will openly admit that I, I don't care for or watch baseball about as much as I care for or watch hockey. I mean, I, I'll have to do a double check on that. But sleeping guy, I, I am correct in that, right? They got rid of that. Yeah, you are. You, 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 you've nailed it. You yeah. nailed it. No. Well, you're all writing articles about baseball now, so yeah, you should really get the rules straight. You got went it. to spring training. Yeah. Eat the sandwich, <laughs> writing articles. <laughs> Gotta fucking get my Blue Jays knowledge up because that's gonna be quite uh, quite the busy uh, busy spring. Here we go. Maybe we'll have some baseball talk with the Hurricane James one time. We'll have him on. Yeah. Discuss just you and George, just you and George Springer cutting it up at training yeah. camp in Florida. Yeah, would be great. Um, all right. Well, NBA is back in full swing tonight. Thank God for the beauty man because he's been hot gambling. Uh, college basketball is not going as well for us. Uh, we're Oklahoma State is up three with uh, 11 seconds left, so we might we might get we might get one, but uh, Jesus, the suspense. <laughs> uh, Maryland, uh, Maryland uh, is kicking Michigan State. So, but let's get into some college basketball because it's right in, we're right in the middle of conference tournaments. If people didn't know what what was going on, the big ones all really kicked off today. Uh, sleeping guy, are you uh, gearing up for college basketball season? Uh, are you Kentucky is about probably about to lose unless they can mount a second half comeback here. They're down 10 currently. Um, are you are you getting geared up for college basketball sleeping guy? Well, first and foremost, I will always believe in the cats. So <laughs> I, I know we can turn this around and I know we can get an attorney. Worst case scenario. NIT champions since they're not holding it this year. We just win by default because mm. we're the biggest team not in the NCAA tourney. Um, I'm very excited, especially this year, because I got to admit it, I don't know anything. So I think I'm going to win the bracket challenge. I, the years and years that I've seen people do well in the bracket challenge is because they know nothing. So this year, listen to me for my expertly nothing picks. Um, right now, Loving what Maryland's doing out there. Guys look thick and big. Definitely some length on the team. Uh, Tom Izzo's cooked, so get him out of here. Kate Cunningham's player of the year. And uh, as my dad reminded me this week, not only are my parents from Gonzaga, master's degree, my grandfather teaches at Gonzaga. So I'm the favorite to win the NCAA tourney because I'm a Zag. So me, Mark Few, my G-pop, my mom, my dad, we're all just going to get our Gonzaga Zag shirts. We're going to be in Spokane. We're going to be rooting on the boys. And we're finally going to win the tourney in Gonzaga. No choking in the Final Four this year. Well, so okay, we know where the sleeping guy's leaning. So, Beauty Man, you've, you're, you've delved a little more into the college basketball world. If you had to pick your bracket right now, who are you having in your uh, championship game? And who are you having as your champion? Can obviously change change come selection Sunday and the outcome of some of these conference tourneys, but 
I'm, I'm interested to see who you have as your champion right now. Right now, if I had to name a champion, I'm not confident naming a Final Four or either sides, but I'm going to go with the Wolverines. All right. I jumped aboard a couple of weeks ago. Oh. They've definitely taken a turn towards not looking so good as recent form, but I believe, I believe it's Brady's year. He went down, he did it in Tampa Bay and it, they're due. They're well past due, but more than anything, I am terrified. I'm terrified for the impending tournament because of what happened yesterday. I got absolutely slaughtered in my inaugural day gambling in the NCAA. It was like a kid's first day of high school where I got beaten up three different ways, spent the latter half of morning period in a locker, came to football practice, and uh, the boys maybe played don't get wood. Okay, so <laughs> here we are, and somehow I've got to show up to school again tomorrow. I'm too scared to tell my parents I don't want to go. I'm thinking about skipping class, but I'm a man, and we're right back on it. Sparty's letting us down again here this morning, but if Give me the update on Cade and company. Go. Well, I know we said 11 seconds, so we could have about five more minutes so that game's over. But what, where are we looking right now in OK State? I'm happy to announce we've got one right. Oh, we did it, baby. Good job by you. The uh, Cowboys. A little less nervous, but more than anything, excited. The, the Cowboys uh, pulled it out 72-69. So Cade is uh, continuing to dance. And as I mentioned last week, uh, the NCAA conveniently does not rule on the OK State suspension uh, in time. So OK State, with the best player in the country, miraculously makes the postseason. Uh, don't know if there's any fishy business going on there, but I'm not going to complain because you can't. You need the best player in college basketball in the tournament. It's uh, it's must. If I had to pick someone right now, it might be Illinois because the Illini are looking great these days. And I love Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn. They are two of the best freshmen in the country. But Baylor and Gonzaga are also going to be tough. Uh, Gonzaga was maybe in trouble against the Mormons this past. Uh, they were down at halftime, but that was the probably the safest live bet I've ever made in my life of Gonzaga minus four and a half at halftime. So the Zags are going to be tough. They're just so deep. So looking forward to a full preview. Maybe the boys will probably pick a bracket for y'all next week. Give us, give us your final four picks. Um, sleeping guys got a last uh, last point here on the college basketball world. Well, number one to the beauty, man, it's because you were two strapping it on the first day of school. All right, man, you got a one strap it if you don't want to get beat up. Number two, Callan, I got some questions for you. Are we going to see our favorite cast of characters back in the NCAA tournament? First and foremost, Jim Beheim. Will he be making an appearance? I mean, the Syracuse has a big one right now. Uh, right now, they're tied 50. They're up 56-54 against Virginia. So if they get this one, uh, they're right on the bubble, and if they get this one, it probably pushes them in. I would say, especially with Michigan State. Yes. Do you know? Do you know who is gonna, who has a chance to sneak in? And uh, the Beast and I were on the wrong side of his his journey yesterday. But he's back. He's coming. He's one game away. Patino, baby. Patino, I was about to ask. Where's Bring our boy Rick? Blow because yeah. we're coming back to the tournament. Get Rick out of the booth and back on the court, baby. But, uh, and, and breaking news this morning, do you know who won't be in the NCAA tournament? Duke. The Blue Devils. Duke. Duke. Yeah, Duke. Mike, top, Coach K, lots of time to rest up his old back. Top ruling for the Duke Blue Devils this morning. They had a walk-on test positive for COVID, um, so they are officially – their game against Florida State, they forfeited, and that probably ends their conference, their NCAA tournament bid because they probably needed to win the ACC tournament. So that's a, as much as I hate Duke, it kind of sucks. Like maybe sometimes you want to, them to get in the tournament so they can lose to a 14 seed like they did a few years ago, you know? So, but Beauty Man, there are years point. where, yeah, there are years where I would probably agree with you, but have. <laughs> Having bet on Louisville yesterday and seeing what Duke did to them, yeah. I think this is huge for all of us because there is a chance that the Blue Devils were running the table and winning it all. Nah, Coach Kate knew it was going out in the first round and just gave a freshman COVID. What, a, diab are, what a diabolical bastard Coach K is. I haven't seen enough this year, but they looked fantastic the last two games. Yeah, ah, yeah that's true. Colin, one question, though. Will our boy Huggy Bailey tournament? Yes, West Virginia is pretty solid this year. They uh, they were the ones who OK State just beat, but they're ranked like 13th. They'll be they'll be like a three or four seed, and Huggy Bear will be coaching the boys up. He's uh, West Virginia's fun this year, but uh, I don't know their their best big man is risky is sick right now. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully it's not 
not the mid. It's just a cold. Because he just played the full game. Hopefully he didn't just give Cade COVID. But <laughs> oh, yeah, he's fine. It will, it will be interesting to see whether we get – because once – basically once the tournament gets announced and once games start, there's no, like, delaying games. If you test – if someone tests positive, you're just basically forfeiting the game. There's, like, maybe one day where they could make up a game, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how many forfeits there are in the NCAA tournament. Let's hope, let's hope not many because I, I can't do another NCAA tournament where it doesn't run smoothly. That was – last year was already too tough, so hopefully uh, – Hopefully this year it goes a little better. But sleeping guy, the cat, the cats are making a run. So, uh, so we might, we might still be alive with Kentucky's hopes. But uh, any last points? Never out of it, man. Yeah, exactly. Any last points uh, on college basketball right now? Until uh, until next week when we finally get to pick a bracket. (laughs) Maybe Papa John will be front row for some Louisville games. Hey. Yeah. Well, that that guy, he's working hard on getting getting the n-word out of his vocabulary he said on a news uh a news conference this <laughs> this week so good for him that's way to wait to well move. they framed him and stole his company yeah <laughs> um but that is our that is our first segment um for today um sleeping guy throw us to our first break hey thanks man uh coming up we got everyone's favorite segment jedi and sith and uh, actually, we're all going to take a little pizza break right now and go meet Papa John upstairs. We disavow. Hello there. And welcome back to the Man in the Middle podcast for the second half of the show, everyone's favorite half, where things just get a little bit more exciting, especially in the fourth quarter. We don't we don't choke it away like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Anyways, we're going to get going with uh, Jedi, Jedi and Sith. And as the star of the show, Sleeping Guy, I'm going first in my Jedi of the week, 2004. Because, ladies and gentlemen, fresh off his John Deere tractor and back into a nice hockey locker room near you, Daryl Sutter is back, head coach of the Calgary Flames. The most entertaining bench boss in sports is hoping to turn back the clock to 2004, stimulate the local economy in Calgary, bring back the Red Mile, and maybe even win a playoff series or two. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest today. We have Daryl Sutter joining us on the podcast. So, Daryl, over to you. Oh, uh, very nice to be back on the Man in the Middle podcast. I'm uh, just looking forward to getting some pucks deep and uh, going to hire my brothers Rick and Jim and Dave and Brandon and my cousin Brian and my nephews Daryl and Daryl number two and Daryl three. And I think that the Flames just need more Sutters. And what we're most importantly going to do is we've been losing a lot of games because teams have been scoring more goals than us. So we're going to get into practice. and We're going to hopefully get more goals than them. That's some hockey analytics I've been working on. That was our guy, Daryl Sutter. And uh, thanks for joining us. And now, Beauty Man or Beast, who's up first for the next Jedi of the Week? I don't really listen to you two when I listen to the podcast. Yeah, we know that. We're well aware of that. All, all I got to say is maybe, may, hopefully, uh, Daryl's bringing Iggy and Kipper out of retirement because uh, the boys, the boys could use use it right now. But uh, and Robin Regeer and Regeer and Billy Neiman maybe maybe some Billy Neiman. <laughs> Fucking want to just add Lanny McDonald to the list? If we're <laughs> throwback, okay. Mike Vernon, <laughs> Freddie Bradley. All right, that's well, our- he's my per- <laughs> Freddie Bradley. That's my personal fave right there, Freddie B, baby. <laughs> um. Anyways. That's some deep flames knowledge. Um, I, I haven't been paying attention to the team these days, but I do know my early 2000s flames. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about how Martin <laughs> Jelena used to score for us. In the I was going to say, do you guys think you can be more guys on the flames right now or more guys on the flames in 2004? Oh, definitely, 2004. definitely 2004. 2004. I, no. couldn't, I couldn't name a line, like a stuff, <laughs> like a line on our team really oh right no. uh, four but i also wouldn't care to you may see this flames flag hanging in the background that's but only be due to my wife's request they have not earned the credibility to be hanging on the championship wall if it was up to me well, conroy jelena again never have there been a trio like that that rivals like suarez messi neymar <laughs> beast what do you got for jedi of the week my jedi of the week is the rock because we're having a little, uh, I don't, like, again, I'm very, I'm somewhat skeptical, but I'm also excited. He announced, him and his XFL partners announced yesterday that they are possibly thinking about combining things with the CFL or doing a bit of a crossover. Um, I 
don't know what that would look like at all. There are a lot of logistical things that would have to happen. They don't know if it's actually playing games or just doing some exhibition things. But, you know, The Rock, he announced that the CFL did a lot for him when he was down and not not doing so well. He People don't know he actually played in the CFL uh, for the Snap Peters um, before he made it big in WWE. So he said the CFL has a special place in his heart and he wants to help it out. And again, I think anything that would bring more publicity to the CFL would be a good thing. We, we all grew up watching lots of games. We don't want to see it go away. So uh, yeah, the, the my Jedi of the week is The Rock and the XFL for maybe talking with the CFL and getting getting a little little crossover thing going. I don't know. I don't know how you guys would feel about that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm all over it. I think it'd be great. I've been pro this for a long time. It's just sad that it has to happen when it looks like both leagues were about to boil out. I propose everyone gets to keep their same teams and uniform CFL rules. Yeah. hundred percent. Don't no freezing the motion less yeah. men on the field smaller nonsense no 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 keep the canadian game the way it is make them conform makes them better anyway i also think that maybe they should do you got to play american rules in america and canadian rules in canada they that used would to be, do that that would be great they That'd used be... to do that back in the day and it was an absolute disaster <laughs> all the boys would say because they would also do it where the american team would play defense with 11 guys and we would have people motioning to the line and then they'd flip and have to play offense on their rules and we would play defense with our rules you got to conform one set of rules otherwise it's not going to work i just got beast you missed a perfect opportunity to cut a wwe rock promo for the for your announcement of him as your jedi of the week you gotta you gotta start there you gotta brush your shoulders off a little bit and you gotta go i was just a young samoan in calgary alberta playing on the d-line for the stampeders and now if you smell what the rock is cooking the XFL and the CFL are back. So you really you missed a glorious opportunity to bust out his catchphrase. He, might, he also didn't play for the Stamps. Like, he got cut in camp. Yeah. As anyone yeah. you know who knows CFL football says, guy had a cup of coffee. The The problem is, Sleeping Guy, I've literally never watched a thing of WWE in my life. So my uh, my knowledge on that is very minimal. But uh, I'm glad you, you brought it up for us. Uh, I got to go back to the beauty man's point. Like I didn't know that was actually a thing. They used to switch rules depending on who was at home. Yeah. Yeah. They used to go down there about once a year. I can recall. Call my dad telling me many times the Baltimore Colts before they were freaking Indy before they were Baltimore before they were Cleveland. Uh, yeah. They played up in Canada. I believe they may have even won a gray cup, but before they were a part of the CFL officially, used to make trips back and forth and every year they changed the system so um but from what i gathered it's probably best for us all if we just decide on one set of rules be tough to game plan yeah <laughs> <laughs> what rules are we playing today who knows whatever well this works with cover three every time i've ever run it yeah well this time there's an extra guy so... <laughs> it would be it would all right and some wild things but, but give us give us your uh, Jedi. And we got to get a hat on a hat, but it's 11 versus 12. <laughs> they have one more guy. <laughs> Man, the read option. Like, you know, you expose that. Anyways, to the NFL, where my Jedi of the week, the emperor of the NFL, has returned to teach all Padawan learners how to manage the cap once again. As Bill Belichick has reacquired big man Trent Brown. All right, we're going to get another coming of what Mike Mayock and John Gruden have just recently called the best tackle in football. Yeah, he's back for a second stint in New England, and this time cheaper than he was the first time around. <laughs> so previously, Bill Belichick shipped a third-round pick to San Francisco for Trent Brown on a one-year deal, received a fifth-round pick in return. TB leaves as a free agent. Bill Belichick, New England Patriots, receive a third-round comp pick in return. After playing two seasons and, I believe, 14 games in Oakland, Trent Brown was traded back to New England for a fifth-round pick. New England receives Trent Brown and a seventh back. So, Bill Belichick, I don't care about all these people say you can't draft receivers, even though you got the last pick in every fucking round. They're saying that you're on a down year, you, could, you can't do it because you don't have Tom anymore. Well, pay attention, Padawan learners, because this man is once again going to teach you all how to manage the cap. Bill? I look forward to what you have in store for us next, but for bringing back my man, TB, you're my Jedi of the week. And keeping in the NFL, my Sith of the week, 
is Mr. Stan Kroenke. Now, we know <laughs> Mr. Stan Kroenke as the owner of the Los Angeles Rams. He also owns the Colorado Avalanche, which I did not know. And the Arsenal Football Club. Really? Yeah. Good and for him. The, and the Denver Nuggets. Did you know he's also married to a member of the Walmart family? Because they needed more money. He also <laughs> owns the largest ranch in Canada. And just this past week, he got his friends up in the Supreme Court to rule. You and I can't go and fish over there, even though there's these massive, huge public lakes that we've been accessing for hundreds and hundreds of years. No, stand the man. He doesn't have enough. Okay. He doesn't have enough people playing on his real fantasy sports teams that he owns. Him and his wife don't own enough property or enough houses. They only spend approximately three to four weeks in Canada each year. But guess what? Even when he's not there, you can't be either. I don't know if this is real life or if I'm watching an episode of Yellowstone play out in my backyard, but I will not be on Stan Kroenke's side. This is Canada. This is not made up. This is 2021. You let us fish in your lakes. Stan, for this bullshit, you're my Sith of the Week. Man, Stan the Man just has one of those classic rich guy Monopoly mustaches that knows he's taking you for all your money the second you meet him. Yeah, it's tough. It's crazy. He, he Most people dream of owning one sports team and he's got like five, you know, so it's, it's, uh, and, and they're, and they're all fucking meddling. So not, not only does the beauty man despise Stan the Man, but all of Arsenal football club fandom hates him because he doesn't spend any goddamn money. Yeah. I, well, that's, I have, I listened to an Arsenal fan on PMT and he was saying everybody, every Arsenal fan fucking hates him so much. So, well, they hate him because he took all the money out of Arsenal football club when they built the new stadium, the Emirates took all that cash. And you know what he did? He built himself an even bigger stadium in Los <laughs> Angeles, SoFi stadium. The guy's just been printing money in England, running it through across the ocean up into his little LA bank accounts. Like, when we go to SoFi Boys for a podcast on the road, I'm gonna enjoy it, but I'm just gonna remember what Stan did to Arsenal. Like, but what is he do? What is he doing with all this money? Does he build an underground fortress in the Stony Lakes of British Columbia that he's keeping away from all of us? I don't get it. And just piss me off. Maybe. It's just when you're rich, you like to be exclusive. Just yeah. what if you say it's exclusive? It's all it's automatically worth more. What? Um. Yeah, well, the Rams fans like him because he bought the brought a good stadium, and that's all I really care about. <laughs> yeah, the Rams fans love them. Got him out of St. Louis into L.A. and keeps just signing all those checks. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, my Jedi of the week is also over in uh, the U.K. and it's Burger King U.K. And that is because they tweeted out on International Women's Day. They tweeted out with no context. Women belong in the kitchen. Um, Tough, (laughs) tough look. They got a lot of hate on social media. And rightfully so, because that was just a weird thing to tweet, especially on International Women's Day. But it was because they're trying to start an initiative to sponsor more women to become chefs, because only 20% of chefs in the, in the United Kingdom are women. So it actually ended up bringing a lot of publicity to the campaign. The intern who tweeted that probably got fired still, but I mean, apparently the money for the campaign was way more than they even expected because of how much publicity it got. So it's one of those weird, like, was it good? Was it bad? Like, obviously it was not a great thing to tweet out, but it did bring a lot. Any publicity is good publicity is what I've heard from uh, from the beauty man in his day. So, um, hey, we're talking Burger King right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, I will be honest, I fucking never go to Burger King. Like, I can probably count on one hand the amount of Burger King Whoppers I've had. I don't know about you guys, but uh, probably- I love a good Whopper. Probably didn't help. My dad got food poisoning from it when he was young, so he never took us as as when he he refused to take us as kids. So maybe that's why, but- but yeah, no, I, I can't. I haven't had a lot of Whoppers, but uh, Burger King UK, you're my Sith of the week, but also kind of good job, I guess. I don't know how to put it. <laughs> hey, hey, well, well done. Well, staying across the pond in my Sith of the week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, James Bond, 007. Because for a guy who gets a large amount of credit for protecting the interests of the Commonwealth and the Queen, how the hell did he not uncover the plot by the villainous Meghan Markle and the traitor to the crown, Prince Harry, 
to single-handedly destroy the royal family from the inside. James, you've been garbage ever since they replaced Judy Dench and what was it, Spectre. Being serious now, as if someone who's a royal family casual observer, how great was that interview? The drama, the memes, I was all about it. Anytime I'm watching a show and they're cutting a promo to keep me around, it says, stay tuned as the drama continues. I'm all over it. And Oprah, you were great too. Oprah, Jedi of the week, James Bond, Sith of the week. What the hell was Oprah doing? She, you, you haven't seen the interview, have you? Yeah, no, I haven't seen the interview. Okay, well, explain it to the beauty man. What the hell happened? Like, they're surprised that these really old white folks are having a hard time adjusting to Meghan Markle and the family? Is that, is that is that all we're talking about? All right, so let me give it to you straight. Number one, first and foremost, Meghan Markle starts dating Prince Harry, man of her dreams. Uh, something, you know, you ever seen the movie Cinderella? A little bit along those lines. All of a sudden she joins the family. She's going to lots of events. Apparently there's all these goddamn rules and you can't do X, Y, and Z and yada, yada, yada. Then they get married and they're having this baby. Then apparently a bunch of them are just racist and like blatantly asked like what color their the skin of the child was going to be and which is brutal so they obviously decide to cut ties move in with tyler perry and hang out with oprah they were uh they were concerned that the 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 their child was too dark so i mean i mean you can't really be surprised anybody who's seen an episode of the crown knows that the royals are fucked so um so okay I, i'm still i just i still don't understand how this is News. Well, it's, news. it's not, well, I mean, it, 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 the royal family. It's just news because they went on, like they, he finally came out and they talked to Oprah and they were like somewhat candid. So like this is the first time that that he's actually come out and spoken against his family like publicly, really. So that's yeah. that's why it's, it's, it's news. It's caused an absolute uproar in the UK, Nick. Like Pierce Morgan's quit his job over it. Like they're like leading like editor, like the UK media has quit his job over it because like the press is being getting accused of racist now. And then there's and then my favorite term comes out a row. Like UK press editor quits over Meghan Markle row is a headline that I'm clicking on every day of the week just because it says a row in it. I don't I don't know why I love that term so much, but like anytime we have a tiff, I'm calling it a row now. Well, maybe. Boys just got to get married, but intermarital family drama is is not news. It's the norm. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, spoken like a and true that's the wife corner with the beauty. <laughs> spoken like a true married man. Um, like what they were royal hundreds of years ago. So we're gonna get Oprah all the way out there to talk about how they're racists. I don't understand. Well, yeah, of course I mean, they're racists. It's not a surprise that they're uh, they're probably a little racist. So, but uh, it's. Uh, <clears throat> But yeah, it's big news this week. But anyways, sleeping guy, let's get, let's get into your uh, nightmares and dreams, dreams and nightmares, hey, whatever you more want. More about me. And thanks for the brilliant introduction, introduction there, Beast. Once again, you nailed it exactly the way I like to I be think, introduced. I think he's getting better each week, honestly. And over to the sleeping guy with just the just just the the apathy in your voice when you introduce me just shows me how you really feel about me. Anyways, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my dreams of the week. It's back, the away goal rule. Mm. Welcome in, take a seat, and do you want some coffee? Because I've been dreaming about my favorite rule in sports. Yep, the away goal rule. Now, the beast, fake soccer goat, was the victim of a tragic away goal Champions League exit this week due to Ronaldo's pure cowardice in turning his back while jumping in the wall and having a delicious free kick slide completely underneath him and into the back of the net to send his handsome ass packing back to his super bottle wife in Turin. The away goal rule creates more drama in sports than anything else. All goals count the same question mark, not in this situation. Champions League knockout stages are played over two legs. Each team hosting a match at home. And at the end of the 180 minutes, only one victor advances. However, what happens if it's tied? Shockingly, if a team has scored more goals on the road, they win the tie. For example, Tuesday, Juventus-Porto. Regulation finishes 3-3 with each team scoring two goals at home and one goal on the road. In extra time, Porto scores to go up 4-3. But really, it is a 5-3 lead because that away goal counts extra. And all of a sudden, Juventus have to put on a hefty comeback, which they almost pulled off. They did. 
but to not be done. First introduced in 1965 by UEFA, the away goals rule has created more drama than Meghan Markle. It rivals the greatest things of the 60s, the, <laughs> the arrival of the Beatles, the sound of music, and acid. Sleeping Guy would even give up naps if American sports adopted the away goals rule. Can you imagine Tom Brady having to overturn a two-touchdown away deficit at home versus Aaron Rodgers? Just kidding. Rodgers would choke that one away anyways. But you catch my drift. Up the drama. It's what the people want. The greatest away goal comeback, Manchester United 3, PSG 3, and yes, Manchester United were the victors. I'll always have that magical night in Paris when I skipped out on managing government prison budgets to watch Marcus Rashford put one in the top corner and send the sleeping guy into pure fan ecstasy. If you're wondering, ladies and gentlemen, the prisons got their new locks a couple days late. Who cares? No harm, no foul. Maybe if the guards were trying to overturn a first leg deficit against the cons, I would have cared more about doing my actual job. Anyways, I'm the sleeping guy, and that's been my dreams and nightmares. Five seconds left. Kentucky down one for three. Misses, and the cat season is over. Yeah, that, <sighs> that's it. Nice. Down nightmares. One. Absolute Sorry. nightmare. <laughs> Added to the nightmare. Mississippi State hangs on 74-73. Uh, Kentucky Fuck. season officially officially over. Um, oh, I should have faded them. God yeah. damn it! It should have should have money line faded the cats. Got a good look. Uh, there goes. Well, to be honest, I'm almost happy about it because now I won't have to pick. I won't have to think Kentucky's gonna miraculously do it, and I won't have to pick them with my heart. So I'll just pick with my head. So maybe I'll win a bracket pool for once. But sleeping guy, the one thing I have to t- say about. Uh, you chirping Ronaldo is I noticed uh, Messi also missed a he missed a penalty yesterday so uh is oh that, man is that worse some brutal some brutal luck right there he's he smashed it and it hit Navas right in the knee shot straight up in the air and bounced off the crossbar yeah well I mean Ronaldo wouldn't have missed that that's all I gotta say but, <laughs> yeah. but weird, actually he wouldn't have that's where he's at his best yeah I know Pinaldo um weird Pinaldo weird year in the in the champions league Ch- changing of the guard no Messi and ronaldo in the in the last 16 well like i said last week on dreams and nightmares probably he's paying attention i know i was to myself holland and mbappe baby yeah yeah all right well um that was a good segment segue into this is march and march madness brings a lot of crazy moments so i want to know from both of the boys what is your favorite march madness memory um, you could give me two if you really wanted to, but uh, I want to hear what your your favorite one or your most distinguished one is. Well, this is this is pretty easy for me because this is this is the moment that one of those like five sporting moments that you just never forget. And if I'm not mistaken, it happened about a decade ago, yesterday, when cardiac Kemba. Mm. My goodness, I swear to God. Not only was it the nastiest step back I've ever seen, but when he plants with that right foot, time stops. He jumps like four feet back and just pure mesh. The moment, the way he rose to it, it was incredible. I got to give a shout out to my boys, the Tar Heels, that double clutch three-point shot that was hit, the most forgotten about shot in the history of the NCAA tourney, only to get sniped at the other end by Nova. Honorable mention, but Cardiac Kemba, man, what a moment. Sleeping guy. Sleeping guy. Yeah, my favorite NCAA moment. Ladies and gentlemen, no one's ever forgot the name Farouk Manesh. That guy was unbelievably hot in the NCAA tournament for, I don't know, Northern Virginia of Ohio State, I don't know, Bearcats. That guy was all over the place. I loved him. He was just banging threes. Who did they eliminate, Beast? What's that? Who did they what? Who did they eliminate on that big run they went on? Was it like Duke or like... I, uh, I can't remember exactly who they who they beat, but I, I just remember him in that purple jersey, you know, and just yeah, um, purple and yellow and just oh, yeah. bang, 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 threes everywhere. That was that was a good time. Coming in last place, my least favorite tourney memory. Speaking of a man we've already discussed today, Bob Huggins in West Virginia beating John Wall, DeMarcus yeah. Cousins, and our boy Two Pats, and that brutal Sweet Sixteen where we couldn't get a get a basket. What about when Frank the Tank ruined the perfect season? You guys remember that? <laughs> I haven't thought about that for years, and I plan on not thinking about it ever again. Beast, what's what's your all-time tournament? It's tough because I like a lot of mine. Like I want to go Kentucky memories. Like 
Harrison hitting those back-to-back threes um, in, yes. in the Elite Eight and then Final Four and from the same spot at the same time was like one of the greatest ever. Obviously, Anthony Davis winning uh, winning when they won the tournament and just, he just dominated with like, he only had like six points, but he had like eight blocks and 12, 14 rebounds or something. But anyways, my probably my favorite uh, non-Kentucky moment and maybe my, one of my most memorable ones is uh, Mario Chalmers hitting the hitting the three oh, yeah. to tie the man. I was just gonna say against Memphis, and uh, because that man that was an all timer. I also had a bet, uh, straight to straight up bet against Cooper, and he had Memphis and I had Kansas, and I thought it was over for me, and then Chalmers came through. Um, so that was that was great, and then we all have to love the Retrievers beating Virginia. Oh yeah, the Retrievers. <laughs> and man, wow, I forgot about I forgot about like. Florida, whatever, Dunk, Dunkville or Lob City or whatever they oh, call Florida themselves. Florida Gulf Coast. Florida Coast, yeah, yeah. The um, Lob City, yeah. Lob City, Lob that City. was fun. My boy Brad Stevens making a couple runs in the tournament yeah. back in the day. That was where those. Oh were yeah, fun. with his son Gordon Hayward. Yeah, they almost uh, was a Duke that they came oh so close to <laughs> upsetting with a with a half court heave down the stretch there but, Man, uh, we watched that one in mexico with harold harold who was leading the line for the du- dukies their big their big black guy in the middle zubak 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 yeah okay boys here's a question for you first ncaa tournament memory my first ncaa tournament memory Ben Gordon and Emeka Okafor going to the final four I believe is the championship against like Sean May and the Tar Heels man yeah that's that's a throwback my mine yeah. like my I remember some old old Kentucky teams but like I don't really remember how they did but like the ones that had like Tayshawn Prince on it like that's that's a fucking long time ago but uh yeah you know I don't remember as many teams or players specifically but I do remember filling out like six brackets with pencil and paper on the floor of Bearspot Elementary School. It's like me yeah. and Jason Saripa and our my best five brackets versus his best five brackets because everyone else in our grade were a bunch of losers. Yeah, nice. They were a bunch of losers. I thought Ben Gordon was going to be the next Michael Jordan. Like he was just that, he was three that, after three after three after that three sounds, the NCAA tourney. That's some ten year old analysis I'll, right there. Um, yeah, it sounds like a sleeping guy take right there. <laughs> I, yeah. I've never seen a better basketball in my lo- basketball player in my life than Ben Gordon circa 2003. Yeah, and that 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 UConn team was sick. I remember. Didn't the Bulls draft him to be the next Jordan too? And <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did too. <laughs> the Chicago execs saw it just the way you did, yeah. my friend. Man, I'm I'm really excited though for Bill Rafferty. John, what's our favorite catchphrase? With a little kiss. With a little kiss. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, um i'm excited man tourney time it's it's almost here i'm i'm so excited favorite sporting event of the year um but yeah that's uh let us know uh, one of our main listeners cody chamberlain was complaining to me that we always say let us know and then he doesn't know where to let us know so uh you can slide into the sleeping guys dms to let us know what uh yeah, at, on twitter what you're at favorite. SLPN guy and Cody, you have my phone number. All right. Yeah. Like well, that's, if you that's... if you want to give us some feedback, get the phone out, give me a call. If you're a chick, I'll answer. If you're a guy, leave a message or send a text. That's what I told him. I said, well, I just assumed you'd text us because all our listeners have probably have our personal phone numbers, but he, <laughs> he wanted it to be a little more professional. So uh, maybe we'll start, a, we'll start an email that the listeners can, uh, can email into. Um, I mean, for all the listeners out there, I believe it goes without saying, but don't call or text me because I don't want to interact with you anyway. So yeah, so that's uh, a hit, that's hit, hit, hit the beast, <laughs> hit the beast or the sleeping guy up. We'll we'll get back to you in in three to five business days. I'd prefer a fax because I don't want to ruin my dial up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that's our that's our segment. But yeah, let us know what your favorite March Madness moment is, um, and take us to our final break, sleeping guy. All right. Yeah. Coming up, we've actually, we're actually going to talk a little bit more March Madness in our pick segment. We're, uh, we're going to bring on Jim Calhoun to discuss basketball. Hello there. 
And we just had a great chat with Jim Calhoun. It's, I mean, almost back from the dead with Uncle Jimmy right there. It's talking college basketball. Great UConn coach, led the greatest player of all time, Ben Gordon, to almost an NCAA title back in the day. But we have to know, you have to tell the the funny story is that. Okay, yeah, I I made that joke thinking Jim Calhoun was dead, but he's alive and well, (laughs) kicking at the age of 78. Yeah, he's not, he he retired, but he's, and he's, but he's, he ain't dead yet. He's still, uh, still kicking. In my eyes. On my, in my eyes, if you walk away from the game without giving your life, you're dead. But that was a, that was a, a hilarious off-air uh, conversation because I was sleeping guy. I was like, "Is Jim Calhoun dead?" And sleeping guy's like, "Oh yeah." And then I was like, "I, don't <laughs> I said he's crushing beers with Pat Quinn." Yeah, I love that we save our best bits for off-air. <laughs> well, we I had to give the people a peek in behind the curtain there because that was too good. But anyway, sleeping guy, uh, sleeping guy, you got. I've some- got. Who's going first? You go first. I'll go first because the sleeping guy is still trying to figure it out. And I have got a foolproof way to make all the listeners some money week in and week out. Step one, fade all of our picks as we went a astronomical one and three last week. I swore the Celtics would win every way, shape or form. But Vegas fucked us. Maybe it had something to do with some missed free throws at the end of the game, but I'm going to claim it was Vegas. As any good degenerate knows, we hop right back on the horse again this week. And I am back picking another first half line where we're going to Brooklyn. No KD, no problem. The Celtics may be in town, but this ain't the garden and they do not cover on the road. Marcus Smart has returned. He will be on a minutes restriction. Not going to matter. The Brooklyn Nets have that historic offense scoring nearly 120 points per game. I have to double check it every single time I see that number because it just doesn't make sense. I like them to cover the two and a half for the game. More specifically, I like them to cover one half, one point in the first half, take the Brooklyn Nets on the spread first half. Nice, nice. Sleeping guy? Oh, I'm ready, boys. I was born ready, actually. I don't know why you stole my thunder right there. Mm -hmm. We have got a couple of results that we're going to be rooting for this weekend that are my favorite outcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about some draws in soccer because a draw is a win. First and foremost, you're going to take yourself up to back over to London. Meghan Markle, what's up? And you're going to be taking Chelsea versus Leeds United. Both teams play some free flow and attacking football. Sleeping guy likes a 1-1, a 2-2 draw, maybe a nil-nil if you want to take a nap early on Saturday morning. Next you're going to take another night over. We'll stay over in London because you've got Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur in a big derby. And guess what? We're rooting for another draw right there. Maybe a 0-0, maybe a 1-1. The special one, Jose Mourinho loves to play only defense in big games. Both teams are in good form. Harry Kane's been scoring goals, so you can assume it's going to be a 0-0. You're going to lay yourself down a nice little $100 on that parlay for a big money return of $1,320, ladies and gentlemen. So Jesus get God. rich. Take me out for lunch with Jim Calhoun. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, bounce back day, baby. Let's go. Yeah. What do you got for us? Now I got uh, I got two picks, and uh, we got some big, big 12 action today. Uh as, as you know, we are one for one in our big 12 picks today uh, with OK State and Cade Cunningham. So I'm hoping to, hoping to make that three for three. And I got Texas money line in the Red, red, um, in the red River rivalry there um, between – wait, no, that's, that's Texas-Oklahoma. What's the Texas-Texas Tech? What's that one called again? Doesn't it have a name? Uh, Texas-Texas Tech? Yeah. No, it only the only name I know for that one is uh... – <laughs> Texas not being able to tackle Michael Crabtree at the three-yard line with no time on the clock. That's hilarious because literally when I think Texas, Texas Tech, I think of that Michael Crabtree game too. So that's that's good shit there, sleeping guy. But anyways. <laughs> hey, hey, but if you if you for anyone listening out there, Oklahoma State starring Cade Cunningham, if they play Oklahoma, Bedlam, Bedlam rivalry. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Maybe that's what I was confused about. But Texas, Texas Tech, Texas is a dog, um, but they are, I think they're the better team. Um, so you're going to take Texas money line, or you can take Texas plus one and a half, but no point there. You, you just take the money line. You hope for a big Longhorns W. And then you're going to take Kansas minus two and a half. Oklahoma has not been playing their best basketball. 
They uh, allowed a very bad Iowa State team that was 2-21 and 21 heading into the game yesterday, as the, the beauty, man, beauty man and I found out. But they allowed that team to cover. So the fact that Kansas is only getting minus 2.5, Kansas has been playing better as of late. Um, so I like, uh, I like Kansas to cover two and a half. Uh, you can parlay them if you want, you can take them single up, but, uh, a good, uh, that would be a good parlay to, to keep you interested in some big 12, uh, conference tourney action. So, um, yeah, those are our picks. Um, hopefully we do better than we did last week. That's for sure. We can't do any worse. Well, but, we can, yeah, we, we can, we, we did we get one win. And, yeah. and it was Good a job was, by you, buddy, but kind of a cop out making two picks a week when I'm just laying my balls out. It's a win or lose for me. You know, you guys well, are throwing hey, parlays together. You yeah. just take it after the sleeping guy. If you don't like the rules, change them. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I didn't know we, we used to make fucking three picks a week for the NFL. So I was, I thought, uh, I thought uh, I'd give the people at least two, two losers, you know, fade me. Fade <laughs> well, one of my pick a week of the NFL season was just me just, donating money to the fine people of nashville tennessee anytime i pick the titans <laughs> yeah well uh we missed nfl season already but uh it won't stop us from talking about it that's for sure but uh that's our show this week um enjoy selection sunday everybody i know i will um can't wait to fill out a bracket on the air i'm i'm very excited to see sleeping guys final four because i know it I know there's going to be at least one wild team in there. So uh, you can, we'll... you can bet I'm going to be whiting out a few of my first round picks that don't go my way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, if you want in our bracket madness pool that I run every year, uh, once again, slide into the sleeping guys DMS, he'll, uh, he'll hook you up. Um, but uh, that's our show and we'll talk to y'all next week. Happy trails, everybody. Love you guys. <laughs>